Welcome back, you guys, to that episode of Forever in Bloom. Hey, Jane. Hey, Nicole. What's up? Welcome back, you guys. <laughs> How was your week? Ah. Oh, lordy. <laughs> How was my week? How was Jane's week, guys? Um, My week was eventful to say the least if you guys remember in the last episode i told you guys about how my car got broken into again yes twice we are two for two right now um needless to say that was the final straw for me jane and renton are breaking up for all those of you who don't know renton is where i'm living right now we are breaking (laughs) up i am moving out and i have found a new apartment yay so i am actually moving at the end of this week by the time Nicole comes out here on the 16th of February, I will be in my new place and I will be closer to work and it will be a lot safer. So you guys can rest your sweet little heads at night knowing that Jane is safe and she's not in the ghetto of Washington anymore. <laughs> it was a pretty good week besides that. Work was fine. I've actually, I had a couple interviews at work for new positions, which is exciting. Yay. So all good things coming in the future with apartments and new job opportunities but my lord you guys my moving situation has come together so quickly yeah i went from not even entertaining the idea of moving until my lease was officially up which would have been at the end of march like beginning of april but yeah that last break-in was just the final straw for me so i was able to get out of my lease and my landlord has been an absolute gem and has released me into the wild and yeah thank god but yeah it's been one heck of a week it's gonna be one heck of another week coming up yeah emotionally don't even really know how to feel i was talking to nicole a (laughs) bit before we started recording this episode and just saying like i don't know if i'm just growing and dealing (laughs) with my emotions better or if i've just become completely numb and nothing phases me anymore because i have not cried once during any of these situations which is appalling to me like i used to cry (laughs) so easily and you're telling me I've had three flat tires, a broken window, a car break-in, a battery dying, and and a shooting in a grocery store parking lot, and I haven't had, like, a full breakdown yet of just, like, sobbing <laughs> tears. And a breakup. <laughs> and a breakup in there as well. <laughs> Two breakups. Yeah. Jeez Louise, you guys. I, if that's not blooming, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> like, yeah. We're either thriving or we're dying. I don't know stay tuned i i I think you're thriving and i think all these just show you how much you've grown in the past year like it's just crazy like you said if you were here and all this happened like you would have had to like quit your job and like go to the hospital (laughs) i would have made it i would have had to have a grippy sock vacation i was just about to say that Like, you would not have made it. So, it's pretty nice to see you in an environment where you can handle all of this. Because it is, like, these are huge things. Like, we thought the first flat tire was, like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to make it. LOL. When I think about that. (laughs) You were like, this is the worst thing that could have happened to me. Like, I hate my life. This is just, the world is ending. Times that by three, plus all these other things that are happening. It just is so funny to see you from like basically losing an apartment when you had it like your names are on it Mm -hmm. to how you reacted to that versus like your first flat tire like it's just yeah you know you've changed which is like you've changed for the better yeah oh i think i've learned to like pivot a lot better 
and realize that even though something isn't going the exact way that I planned, which is definitely my personality type, is to be very meticulous in my plans and it needs to be followed. Like if I make a plan, we're following the plan. Yeah, the universe has not allowed me to do that. She's really been putting me through the ringer and it has, yeah, like you said, taught me how to react and deal with things changing so quickly. There's There can always be something else around the corner. It's so funny. Yeah. Every time I go into work now, especially after a weekend, everyone in my cube, like, because I'm the last one to come in in my cube. So everyone's already there working and I walk in and they all turn around on their little swivel chairs and they're like, <laughs> hey Jane, how was your weekend? And it either goes, oh, it was really good. Like I had a nice relaxing weekend. I hung out with Truman. Or it goes, my car was broken into again and i have to like sit down and it's a full therapy session with them being like i can't believe how much bad luck you've been having you (laughs) can't believe it i can't believe it bro like (laughs) yeah yeah like you're confused i'm confused (laughs) i try not to look at as bad luck but more just like the universe is giving you what you need at the moment and Mm -hmm. without everything that you went through If you got a flat tire in six months, you probably would have not reacted the way you would have if you didn't go through all this. Like it it does just, you know, build you up and everything does. I've said this a million times, but it does happen for a reason. And Mm -hmm. you found the reason like you just have grown so much throughout it. And it's nice how you chose to grow. You could have had a breakdown every single time. You could have flew home. You could have quit, but you didn't. And I think that just goes to show like how much you've grown and how much you want to grow in the the situation as well. Exactly. And the universe is going to pay it off the apartment that i just applied for and that i will be fingers crossed you guys moving into this friday is absolutely gorgeous like she's stunning i'll be moving in with one of my good friends and co-workers kimberly and things are gonna be great i'm moving in with her two dogs so i'll have like some pepperinos in my life which i'm so excited about yeah it's been a while it's just gonna be a really good change I think for me and just like a new a new chapter we talked about in one of our first episodes just changing your environment pushes you yeah. that much further to the version of yourself that you want to be and touring this apartment guys I toured this apartment today and applying and moving hopefully by Friday like less than a week yeah today <laughs> yeah that's yeah by the day we're recording this that's less than a week and by the time this goes up you will hopefully be in the new place fingers crossed if I'm not in the new place geez louise <laughs> oh you have to be because you're supposed to be out by a certain date and that date would pass by the time this yeah I was gonna <laughs> say if I'm up. not in the you apartment have to by be. then I'm gonna be in a cardboard box and like, yeah. you guys will be getting the next episode <laughs> recorded in a Starbucks yeah and that's on god (laughs) yeah exactly oh man so that is my lovely week of an update nicole how was your week my week was once again not as exciting as your week is anything as exciting as my i don't don't think so (laughs) gyms reopened here in ontario so i've just been thriving and going to the gym and getting back my routine which i love i'm so happy to be back i find a lot of people are with me on this but like the gym really is something that keeps your mental health afloat Mm -hmm. and the fact that it just shut down like was just devastating to me especially because i work from home it's freezing outside like i don't leave if i don't go to the gym so it's it's so nice to be back and getting my body moving and like sweating and just like pushing my body physically which is something i don't get if i just sit at my desk all day and that's what happens and from the last episode one of my journaling prompts of 
just like picking out things that make you happy throughout the day and thinking picking out things that don't make you happy if i don't go to the gym i am significantly less happy Mm -hmm. so it's just it's just so nice to be back so that is my week update we are back ladies and gentlemen and hopefully for the last time i yep i know i said that what two years ago jeez louise (laughs) (laughs) but it's hopefully we are back at the gym no more lockdowns i you've heard it a million times so i don't need to continue it but i'm very happy to be recording part two of what we posted last week yeah part two of personality tests guys i know you guys have been on the edge of your seats <laughs> so if you haven't listened to last week go listen to it before this one it'll probably make a little bit more sense but this week we're talking about romantic relationships and friendships mm-hmm. with regards to our personality test results yes it's very exciting so if you guys don't remember i was categorized as a protagonist an ENFJ and basically protagonists are typically they're like born leaders they always want the the greater good to be the truth they always want to help people towards their own greater goods and yeah protagonist i feel like a lot of them are virgos which i am a virgo as well (laughs) uh we're strong-willed and we sometimes can come off as condescending Mm. in ways when we talk about subjects that we're really passionate about and that is something we talked about a bit in last episode i definitely resonate Mm. with i throughout a lot of my i wanted to say younger career (laughs) through my younger career days as jane I definitely kind of, I wasn't a know-it-all, but in the subjects that I thought I was well-versed in, which would have been like (laughs) Tumblr-esque subjects like Lana Del Rey and the 1975, like I truly thought I knew absolutely everything under the sun about those. And I have learned over time that that can come off as condescending when talking to your friends and you should probably not act like you know everything Mm -hmm. so put myself on blast there a little bit but protagonists are as i said they like to solve other people's problems even if it's at their own cost yeah so just a little bit about me yeah so mine for everyone who does not remember i got the defender personality which is i s f j and the defender personality is well-developed in people skills and social skills, really receptive to change and new ideas, meticulous to the point of perfectionism, which we talked in great detail last week. And there are some things in the Defender personality that I did not resonate with, kind of like being a procrastinator and taking things too personally, but Defenders overall are pretty sociable and have really good memories and like to use those memories with details of people, not necessarily like facts and trivia, which is something I definitely resonate with. Mm -hmm. So that is a summary about uh, about kind of what my personality result was. Yeah. And if you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, we talked a bit about just kind of the introduction, so a more in-depth breakdown of what our personality types are, yes. and as well as our, like, strengths and weaknesses. Yes. And then, as we said earlier, this week we're going to dive into our romantic relationships and friendships. Yes. So, Nicole, how is your personality type reflected in romantic relationships, according to the to 16personalities.com? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually resonated really greatly with this section of the results. In terms of romantic relationships, it mentions that defenders always enjoy like a really committed relationship and appreciate like a really in-depth relationship, Mm -hmm. which is very true for me. I'm definitely a 
relationship person. We all know this. Mm -hmm. And mentions that home is where the heart is for the defender. And I definitely agree with that. Like I'm such a homebody and especially where within relationships, like I'm not the type of person who needs to be like going out constantly with your significant other. Like it's just, I guess that is kind of maybe the introvert side of me, but Mm-hmm. It mentions that the trouble is where the benefits of an established long-term relationship is kind of hard to get to because defenders don't go into relationships unless they see a lifelong potential. And that's very true for me. Although I have been in my fair share of relationships, it wasn't just because I was bored or I wanted to just like... Right. Out, out of like yeah. random. I don't know how else to say it. But it's, it's always been because I do see a long-term commitment with this person mm-hmm. and relationships are something I take really seriously and something that I value really highly. As you should. There's a quote in here that says, defender personalities can value the idea of a committed romance almost as highly as some regard religious beliefs. Whoa. Which is like so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that puts it on a whole other playing field. Mm-hmm. Which is just so crazy because that's just like, it's very true for me and I definitely, definitely repeating myself here, but it's, I am definitely a relationship person and I think this personality quiz like definitely picked that out of me. One thing that it said that I don't 100% agree with is that for defenders, when you're dating a partner and you doubt their feelings, you instantly part ways and it's kind of like an avoidant attachment style before committing like any real emotional damage, which is like not true. I'm definitely the type of person to like Mm -hmm. hold on for the the ride. (laughs) Try to make yourself mold into whatever's going to make it work. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of funny that I picked that out. And it also said that defenders often struggle with emotional expression, Mm -hmm. but they have the physical affection that kind of makes up for it, which is like very very true and i think this kind of combines love languages as well defenders are kind of known for like the service type and the giving type and my love language my main one is acts of service and i love just like doing things for people and that's definitely called out in this section of the results page where it just says like take no greater joy than pleasing other people and that's considered like a personal duty to them which is just very true and i don't know how much of your love language can be tied to your personality. I always kind of thought they were different, but after reading this, I think they're like super intertwined, which is a kind of cool discovery for me. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, it'd be so interesting if there was a study done on like what, like if people took this personality test and then also declared like what their love languages were, how much it lined up with each different type of the 16 personalities because i totally think they're intertwined yeah the way in which you love and the way that you need to be loved are so closely knit to like your personality i just think that's like as you as a human being as your core like how you're going to be loved is of course going to show in your personality whether that's romantically or platonically yeah that's so interesting Mm -hmm. that yours was kind of like nail on the head there yeah that's the saying right nail on the head hit hit the nail on the head Hit the nail on the head head there. Yeah. My romantic relationships are also kind of similar to yours in a way, which was is very interesting. Like it says that protagonists are very intense when it comes to relationships and matters of the heart. They rarely ever like settle for anything that falls short of their ideals, which that is something that I don't even really fully know like what my ideals are yet. And I guess in a way that probably could be true, considering all of my relationships have ended. So we have not found like <laughs> ideals yet. 
it's that was like a very bold statement for me to read. I was like, oh, interesting. Am I cutting people off because they don't meet my idealistic relationship views? Mm -hmm. Or I don't even know what the or would be. It was just a very interesting, it made me think about things a little bit when I read that. That's actually a really good introspective point. Just are you cutting them off because you just don't feel it anymore? Or are you cutting them off because they're not who you expected them to be or you wanted them to be? But I think that's okay both okay and just because you don't know what your ideal is i think you just based on like your dating history you know what it's not you know and i think that's equally important to kind of weed out the things you don't want and eventually you'll kind of gather this basket of things that you do want and i think that's i think that's true but i i i love how it brings out the intensity part because that is something we talked about last week about how virgos are just like so intense and i love that We are definitely intense in many ways, and I'm definitely the type of person who (laughs) I talk a lot with our uh, our mutual friend Brayden Brayden. about this, but I can go on a date with someone and like instantly fall in love with them. I spin this entire narrative in my head of like who I think they are after just meeting them one time, and I'm just off in la la land being like, (laughs) oh my gosh, this is the perfect human being. Yeah, it's just very interesting how I'm self-aware enough to know that I do fall head over heels with a version of someone that I've created inside my head, yet I still allow myself to continue to (laughs) pursue these people because I'm like, oh, I'll just like wait until they show me different and then I'll peace out, which is a dangerous game to play. And no one is ever going to meet your idealistic views of, like, there's no perfect person out there. I'm going on a bit of a tangent here. No, sorry. You just like really called me out there about just like waiting for them to show up as the person you want them to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Like you create this like painting of them in your head of who you think that they are, who you want them to be. And then you just kind of stick around in a relationship waiting for them to kind of show up as that person that you thought that they were, you painted them to be. I think that's a really important note to like make sure you're not doing because we've both, we've both definitely done that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Another point that it said about protagonists in relationships is that, uh, this is a quote directly from it, protagonists want to fall in love with the content of a person's character and the tenure of their soul. Yeah. Not just the way that they look from across the room. <gasps> and I think that's yeah. so true because when I look back at the men in my life that I have dated, yeah, I don't really have a type. No, I was just about to say that. Yeah, they're all kind of across the board. And I really do fall for someone based on like the contents of their soul. Like I really don't care how they look, how tall they are, yeah. what color their hair is. Like that's just all kind of like add-ons. Obviously, there are like certain things that it's like, it's nice to look at someone who's nice looking. Yeah, for sure. But say a rock magically started talking and it had the perfect personality like you bet your bottom dollar i'm gonna buy that rock a nice (laughs) collar and walk around with it as long as i can find a way to kind of like harmonize with a person's soul yeah like i'm there and i can easily get to a relationship point of view it also mentions that we are a little bit outgoing and even Mm. flirtatious but i don't know in romantic settings i feel like i'm not really that outgoing i get very nervous and inside of my head yeah but I think that can be related back to just insecurities. And I think in the right setting, like back in high school, I was like very outgoing when it came to situations. Mm. And I think it was just because I was around people that I knew I could be comfortable around and like they knew who I was or they knew who that version of Jane was. 
yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was very, very interesting. Um, it also said that protagonists often make the first move, Ooh. which is something I never really feel comfortable making the first move. I feel like, okay, I feel like you make it more than you think you do. Really? Because even when we're texting, you'll say that like you asked this person out for drinks or that you like double text with this person just because mm. you want to hang out with them. Mm. Like I think... <laughs> I think I think making like that move you've done a few times and I think it is just like down to a confidence thing you know like you want to see this person and you're going to text them yeah you know what that's so true I was kind of thinking like first move as in like physical yeah (laughs) like obviously a first move is most likely not physical (laughs) we're not on too hot to handle like no (laughs) we're not we are not instantly jumping each other's bones long story short protagonists they just they want to get to know someone on like a very deeper level it says that we want to uh, steer the conversation towards like weightier topics we don't want to find out what tv shows someone watches i want to get a sense of like a partner's dreams and aspirations yeah. the final point that i will say though is it does mention within the synopsis that uh as a protagonist sometimes if not all the time protagonists will take their partner's aspirations and dreams and make them their oh. own to try to help them get there and 100% I don't feel like I do that. If anything, okay. that's the point in a relationship where I realize this isn't going to work. Mm. If our dreams and aspirations are not lining up, then I'm out. Like I think I'm strong-willed enough to realize like this is what I want and this is where I need to go. So it was just very interesting reading that and being like, "Oh, I could see how younger Jane probably would have been of that mindset and I would have just yeah. adapted to whatever my significant other would have wanted. Like, for example, I'll give you guys a story. Back uh, back in the day, very, very first boyfriend in Jane's life. I highly doubt he will be listening to this podcast or anyone in his realm will listen to this. And if they do, hey, Mitchell, what's up? <laughs> like, love you the most. Aww. I appreciate you for everything that you are. I think you're still a great guy. Aww. But back when we had started dating, I would like fully envision myself. This man, like he will, he works in like the farming industry. His family owns like a mm-hmm. very big farming industry. And little grade nine Jane was just like, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to make lunches for all the farmers and deliver them on the tractors. Like, this is my life. I'm so excited. (laughs) And that was truly, honestly, how I felt in that moment. And I can still remember like envisioning that I would look at his mom and be like, wow, I cannot wait to be just like her one day and just be delivering meals out to the boys as they're like harvesting season. And then I grew up and realized that, like, I have my own dreams and I do not want to be tied down to small town Ontario. And obviously there was a plethora of other reasons why we didn't work out at the end of the day. But very interesting reading that. It brought up that core memory for me. And I was like, holy guacamole. I totally was. I used to be like that. So that was, that makes me believe in this personality test Mm. that much more. Mm. Because I'm like, you know what? I probably have always been a protagonist in some sense throughout most of my life. And reading this now, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah that was that was totally me when I was younger. And this is how I've corrected it and moved forward. And I still recognize that. Like sometimes, even nowadays, if I get into something with yeah. someone, I'm wanting our lives to align because we're putting the effort in for it. And it's like, at what point is it compromise? And at what point is it compromise? And at what point is it you're sacrificing? your own dreams and aspirations yeah oh that's a huge question and i think you don't really know until you until you get there even in my result it says that the altruism and kindness of defenders can like so easily be taken advantage of Mm -hmm. and that lead that leaves their own needs unfulfilled 
and like that's just very true but it's it's hard being in like the acts of service love language because you don't you don't know where the compromise is Mm -hmm. you don't know when you stop doing things for this person like that's your love language you don't know when you are supposed to stop or like take a step back you don't know where the yeah where the line is when it comes to that type of like give and take so i think that's like both something that we definitely struggle with Mm -hmm. yeah i agree Moving on to friendships, I think this friendship one also hit the nail on the head for me as well, which is kind of funny. And we also recently did talk about friendships that episode, Mm -hmm. but it does say for the defenders that friendships are not made on random encounters, yeah, but through comfortable and consistent contact, which is like very true for me, whether Mm -hmm. that's in class or the workplace. You have to get to know each other little by little before you're just like instantly best friends. And that's definitely huge for me. Like I would love to be the type of person that just makes friends wherever they go and it's like very mutual. Right. But on the defender side, maybe it is like the shyness coming through, but I just, I always assume that's not what they want. So then I just, I, I draw this invisible line and then I don't cross it. Right. So it's very interesting that that definitely called me out of it's not these like random people you meet while you're at the bar it's Mm. people you see constantly and you're forming that emotional connection with over time and like little by little yeah and what also hit the nail on the head for me was it said the defenders aren't picky about who they're friends with interesting at least not initially but most of their friends end up being very similar personalities Mm. which is very funny because i said this in the first episode majority of my girlfriends are virgos so i definitely (laughs) yeah i definitely move towards a certain type of personality and doesn't mean that i'm i cut off people who aren't virgos or people who don't fit that personality right (laughs) it's like i'd love to be friends with everyone but I just find that my circle, the people who just fit mm-hmm. more nice in my bubble are of a certain personality type. And I definitely felt like super called out by that. And yeah. it says that you just so strongly want to avoid conflict and miscommunication mm-hmm. that you do end up just going towards certain personalities because you know that there'll be no conflict. There'll be no issues because you've been there before and you're just like more yeah. drawn to that type of person. And I, I, I just felt very called out by that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. For the protagonist friendships, it basically kind of says that protagonists will opt for having more kind of like serious mm-hmm. friendships versus just kind of the lighthearted fluffy ones yeah like we want to get down to the nitty-gritty like i want to know my friends yeah. hopes and aspirations kind of the same in yeah. relationship sense like yeah i just want to get to know every person in my life on that level because i just feel like if you're going to have someone in your circle like that's how it should be yeah so that was a very interesting point that it made and i was like yeah that's a hundred percent me mm-hmm. it even says that in mine as well of defenders need people to be able to connect on a deeper emotional level which is like mm-hmm. so true i definitely avoid those types of like fluffy just because friendships yeah and i think that can be at a fault sometimes because like we said at our friendship episode like everyone gets busy not everyone has a time to like break down and get super emotional to connect with yeah but like it is it is just my type of friendship that I, I like. I like getting deeper with certain people. And I do find that the people I surround myself also like to get deep with me. And I've had a few friendships where you just can't break that level. You just can't get deeper. And the friendship that just like doesn't last, yeah. you know, they just 
kind of fade out because you, you're missing that emotional vulnerable connection exactly and although you might have things in common or you might have good times together but if you can't connect the way you're connecting with all these other people like the friendship for me just like unfortunately just won't last it's like really sad but no it fizzles out because there needs to be a little bit of substance there and i completely agree um to bring it back to kind of what a protagonist relationship or friendship relationship looks mm-hmm. like it does say that like protagonists will often opt for friendships where they have kind of like similar values and mm-hmm. can recognize that the other person will also challenge the status quo if necessary and protagonists tend to shy away from people who don't do those things mm-hmm. because it just doesn't it doesn't get there for them mm-hmm. to the exact point that you made like it just doesn't last long i need to see a little bit of substance within a person and at the end of the day i think it kind of all just winds down to vulnerability and like how vulnerable the person wants to get with me mm-hmm. and that in turn just shows how vulnerable i get with them and if they can never really get there well then i'm not gonna let my walls mm-hmm. down and then the friendship kind of does just become like a fluffy situation mm-hmm. which i mean there's nothing wrong with having fluffy friendships in your lives i think it's important to surround yourself with people who inspire you and make you happy and if having the fluffy relationship with your coworker from your first customer service job <laughs> yeah. is doing that for you, then of course, yeah. continue that relationship. Like you never have to push it past Mm-mm. the point of where you're uncomfortable. But for me, at least as myself and as a protagonist, I guess, <laughs> I tend to opt for relationships that have that deepness to them mm. because I just find them more valuable. And I think I can respect a person a lot more when they can really open up about the things that they're passionate about, their vulnerabilities, their insecurities, like their past, all of those things. I think those make a great friendship. Mm-hmm. And it says right here in this protagonist thing that like those are all core values that yeah. a protagonist looks for in friendships and yeah. especially long-term friendships. So yeah, truly hit the nail on the head for me. Yeah, that's so crazy. This really has been like a direct read of who you are for the most part. Do you find that the weaknesses you mentioned in last week's episode affect your friendships? Not really. I think I've been able to kind of mute myself in a lot of those like strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. areas. I guess kind of the one that I would say is true is I'm definitely like over idealistic and I am intense. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to friendships, sometimes I'm just I will have a vision, especially with like new friends. Yeah. You have a vision of like what the friendship's going to look like and you're very like, I was just like over idealistic. Like, yeah, we're going to be best friends. And then when it doesn't work out, it's just that much more detrimental and devastating. And then just being intense, like sometimes that can just scare people away. Like if I like you, I'm not going to make it not obvious. I'm going to like let you know. And some people shy away from that because they're like, whoa, this person is like balls to the wall, zero to a hundred real quick. And it's like, no, like I enjoyed hanging out with you. I think you're amazing. Let's have a sleepover. (laughs) But for some people, they're like, "Mm, let's maybe not do that. So those would be kind of like the weaknesses that maybe carry on into those that I would find. What about you? Do you find any weaknesses that we talked about last week that potentially bleed into your friendships? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say, I think I kind of mentioned this in our friendships episode, but repressing your feelings was one of my weaknesses for the defender personality, and I think that's really true in friendships, which 
like mm-hmm. sucks and i don't know why that's a thing but conflict in friends is weird and it's hard and it's not always for the better well it is always for the better but it's not always but it doesn't always feel like it's for the better and a lot of the times i have just like bit my tongue when i was being like mistreated taken advantage of mm-hmm. just being like straight up disrespected my boundaries being crossed just from a friend and i think repressing my feelings most definitely was I don't say the cause of it because it's like never really your fault but it didn't it didn't aid in the situation of people just kind of like walking all over me no if anything it probably stunted your growth of like realizing that that's not how you should be having relationships no and i think i've taken like really really good steps friendship wise of before it was like devastating when a friend walked out of my life like i felt like my life was Mm -hmm. ending over but now it's I'm so much more accepting of when friendships like come and go because I've stopped for the most part repressing my feelings and it's like this is how I feel mm-hmm. and if you need to leave my life because you don't agree or if you don't like it feel free to leave like I'm not going to repress my feelings just so you stay and I think exactly that was a huge step in just me evolving as a friend mm-hmm. as well because no one likes a friendship where you're kind of like tiptoeing around the elephant in the room or you're just yeah. pretending to be friends because you have been for so long or because you're in a friend group and everyone thinks that you're friends or whatever right 100 percent. if people have disrespected me and crossed my boundaries and just like walked all over me i'm not gonna change for them to come back and i'm not going to repress my feelings of being hurt or feelings about just being neglected as a friend just so that they stay in my life and that's something so different from who i was just a few years ago Mm-hmm. it's it's nice to notice those types of changes and it i felt kind of called out most definitely by this personality test of of wanting to repress my feelings and just noting that yeah this was a huge part of who i was before of not allowing myself to have emotional needs and feelings and all that stuff mm-hmm. but now i yeah do allow myself to have those feelings and if a friend doesn't want to be friends anymore like it's like it sucks but goodbye you just kind of have to let that person go yeah exactly exactly and i'm so much more just receptive and adaptive to those types of changes now which is really nice and another one of my weaknesses from the defender point of view is too altruistic and that definitely goes hand in hand in what i was just saying of Mm -hmm. it there's a quote in the results says defenders are willing to let things slide to believe that things will get better soon and to not burden others by accepting their offers to help and that like he was huge for Mm. me for sure yeah i try not to resonate with that anymore like i try not to believe that that's how i feel but that's how i act Mm -hmm. but i definitely did this you know in friendships before and even romantic relationships i know we're talking about friendships now but even romantic relationships it pushing yourself to the side because you think that's going to make the situation easier oh my god does it make it way harder (laughs) oh my gosh yeah because you're muting parts of your personality in order to like in order to fit with this person i know whether that be friendship or romantically like it's they kind of really do go hand in hand it's scary to think about how easy it is to this is a thing that i struggle with it's easier for me to mute parts of my personality to make a consistent relationship work than it is for me to just be who i am and allow the pieces fall as they may i feel like it's my duty to make things work and that is something that i am working on 
to this day and like actively working on because it's so hard to like not feel guilty if you're having to end a friendship or a relationship because it's not serving you in the way that you feel it should be like why do we have this inner monologue in our head just being like this is so messed up i can't believe that you are doing this you should be adapting to the situation so that you can be the friend that this person needs or you can be the girlfriend that this person needs it's just it's crazy to me that that is something that almost every human is dealing with yet we are still so hard on ourselves when it comes to relationships and friendships regardless of the personality type yeah most definitely and i think a lot of these personalities kind of get intertwined with when you're interacting with other Mm -hmm. people no one's gonna walk in and get a personality test that's just like you love conflict and you love being an (laughs) issue like of course everyone wants to change and adapt especially with friends when you don't always see them all the time it's a lot easier just to put on a front and a face when you do see them and pretend that you don't have emotional needs and pretend that yeah seeing you once every six months is fine for me (laughs) it's like no probably not and it probably you know it sucks yeah but friendships it's a lot easier to pretend you're someone else rather than kind of what we talked about in the first episode of part one where it was kind of like all these traits and then how you deal with it and then how it reflects on you when you're like alone but here when we talk about other Mm -hmm. people like of course i think everyone in them has an ounce of just like wanting to make it work and that could mean you overload yourself and that could mean you rest your feelings and that could mean that you're reluctant to change for them to leave but just knowing Mm -hmm. that like changing yourself and going against your personality just makes it so much harder and i think i'm learning that now too with Mm -hmm. spending as much time alone as i am and that sounds very depressing but i promise it's not like it's what i want Mm -hmm. you get to know your personality because there's no one else you're not mirroring anyone like we talked about in also part one you're not mirroring anyone exactly you're not changing for anyone you're not liking something just because someone else likes it spending so much time alone you get to like really discover your personality and what makes you happy and what do you want to do when you're alone i saw something recently that was pay attention to who you are when you don't get what you want whoa and that was huge for me for sure and i think that definitely can come out in friendships of how do you act when someone doesn't want to be your friend, when someone walks away, when you have to walk away, just straight up, you don't get what you want. And that was like a huge exercise for me to think back to the times I didn't get what I wanted. How did I act? And was I proud of it? No. But now it's easier for me to understand what it's like when I don't get what I want because I'm by myself. There's no one I have to be. There's nothing I have to change to. And like you said, I don't have to mute any part of me, which just like feels so nice. And I haven't been yeah. this alone in a long, in a long, long time. And I'm just like a, a different person from when I was this alone last time. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Because you're truly coming into like your true self. I've, I've said this to so many people and I am just like walking proof of it. You need to spend time alone. Mm-hmm especially in your 20s oh my gosh spend time alone get to know who you are because like you said we repress our feelings we mute certain pieces of ourselves in order to fit in human nature it happens yeah but spending time alone so you know who you are and know what you want is so important so you're not down the road realizing you've been playing a character 
for the past 10 years and you're like this isn't who i am yeah and i feel like that's what happens to a lot of people who don't get to spend time alone and the midlife crisis exactly that's exactly what it is just saying like whoa i blinked and now i'm here and i have all these responsibilities and i'm supposed to be this person and i have no idea who i am supposed to be this person because i signed up for it 18 years ago like what it's so so hard and i understand that not everyone has the ability to be alone in their 20s especially if you're not in your 20s and you're listening to this like i i definitely i definitely understand right 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 (laughs) but for everyone who is I think everyone who is not in their 20s listening to this can agree with me in saying that spending time alone in your 20s is just like so beneficial. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of older people are like, I wish I spent more time alone because you will end up where you're supposed to be. Exactly. So just trying to ignore being lonely or like avoiding that situation just so you can be temporarily happy just and you're sacrificing like your long-term happiness just to be temporarily happy is just like so scary and i Mm -hmm. am just like living proof of it every single day spend time alone now because it's gonna pay off in the long run yeah you don't know who you are and i hate i hate to say it because i thought i knew who i was a year ago but i i didn't because i wasn't alone Mm -hmm. i truly feel like you don't know who you are until it is just you. Because I, I really do feel like you are the most you when no one's around. Oh, 100%. So imagine spending like months and months and months just in that person. Like you're going to be so comfortable in who you are. You're not, you're not, you're not going to feel the need to mute yourself and, and repress your feelings because you are fine alone. And if someone yeah. doesn't agree with that or someone doesn't want to be in your life with that, you are okay with that now exactly you're going to start building relationships where instead of trying to make your personality match up with them and what their lives need to finding someone that complements your yeah life and your personality which is what it's all about and it sounds so yeah cliche to say out loud because everyone's like of course when you're looking for a friendship or a relationship you want them to just complement your yeah. life but I mean, for me, and I feel like I can speak for you as well on this point, like up until now, I've never really done that. I've always been the one to compromise myself. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. To make the relationship or friendship Mm -hmm. work. Whereas if I hadn't have spent so much time alone and just figuring out who I am, and I know Nicole kind of briefly touched on if you're listening to this and you're not in your 20s and we're saying like we're preaching, oh, you need to be alone in your 20s, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. I think just being alone in general at any point in your life. And even if that's like you go on a weekend trip yeah. by yourself and just try to figure out like what what would you do if it was just you alone? It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to no. be easy. But I fully think that you'll come out of a weekend alone or if you do a week alone, you're going to come out of that feeling like a completely different person because like we've said, like you're not mirroring anyone else's personalities you're not taking into consideration well what is so and so gonna think if i do this or i need to accommodate my plans so that i'm here to pick up the kids by three or anything under the sun like it's just crazy how we just do that without even thinking about it we just mute our personalities i think that's a really good point and rhett from Renton link we love them we love we love him he talks about on his podcast that him and his wife both take solo vacations every single year they both do a week alone like not together they both do she'll go on a week vacation he watches the kids he'll go on a week vacation she'll watch the kids and then they go on a family vacation together that's incredible and i think that's definitely a privilege like not everyone can do that but 
every single year like that is incredible a week alone as an adult just saying like yeah now i don't have any responsibilities i'm gonna do what i want i'm gonna eat my bed like i'm gonna do yeah. gonna sightseeing like gonna do whatever i want and i think that's so cool and definitely something i want to adapt like later in life of just spending time alone and mm -hmm. not everything you do has to be for someone else like it's for you like it's your life at the end of the day and although you do you did sign up for children or a marriage or pets you you are allowed yeah. to ditch those for a weekend just to like be a human again exactly just to be you again because odds are you haven't been you since you were like 20 <laughs> <laughs> you are you know you are like older and married and it's you haven't been the old version of you and of course like there is benefits to that like you grow every single day and i think you are the goal is to always be evolving and my 40 year old self will be better right. than myself now and that's really exciting to think about mm -hmm. but i think it's just so cool having like a goal of just being alone because you really don't know who you are until you are alone and i just yeah. like i didn't realize how important it was until now and it's you can say like yeah i'm single and i'm alone but like are you actually spending time alone i'm alone do you actually spend your weekends alone yes you may have roommates yes you may see your friends here and there but your phone away mm -hmm. and spending time strictly alone is huge and like you said it's uncomfortable but that's the point mm -hmm. it's supposed to be uncomfortable until it's not anymore that's the point like you're you can't always live in your bubble of being protected by someone else's personality and like mirroring them you want to be able to break free and like show your personality and be who you are and discover who you are. And yeah. I think taking this personality test definitely reminded me of like all these old habits I used to have and how much growth I've had and how much growth there is to do as well in recognizing that, yes, I may fit into this specific type of personality, but it doesn't mean I always will or it doesn't mean that, okay, I'm done growing and I can adapt someone else's personality now. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like, no, there are certain things for you to change. There are certain things for you to work on always. And I think if you're the type of person that doesn't believe you have anything to work on, you have everything to work on. <laughs> I was going to say, that just goes to show that you have so much to work on. So much to work on. So much to work on. No one on this planet has nothing to work on. Exactly. You guys. Exactly. <laughs> we all have stuff. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our deep dive into our results of our personality tests. This has been such an such an interesting, introspective yeah. conversation, and I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I hope you guys listening have enjoyed this yeah. as well, and I hope that you guys go and take this personality test and kind of see what your results are and maybe take a moment to step back and look at some of the points that it says and see if maybe there's areas of your life that you didn't realize you should be working on but maybe you should be yeah. working on we'll uh we'll have the link to where we got this test specifically in our bio the description of this yeah. podcast you can go there take it and feel free to jump on to our instagram at forever in bloom pod on instagram yes. and let us know what your personality type yeah. is i'm so interested to hear what the other ones are because i mean you've got a defender over here yeah and a protagonist here yeah. Let's see what else we got going on in the yeah. Bloomers family. I'm sure we can all learn a little bit from everyone. Yeah, I know. I would love to know what other people's are because like I, you can assume people are certain personalities, but you don't know until they answer the questions and then you get the results back and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I would love to know what other people listening, your personality types are. And if you've taken it in the past, let me know if it changes because mine has changed throughout the years. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let me know if that's normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, what is your recommendation of this week? My recommendation of this week is drumroll, please. <laughs> it's another song. <laughs> oh yay! I really I gotta plug my girl Peach PRC right now. She's oh an Australian gosh. singer. I found her on TikTok. You guys have probably seen her on TikTok. She is hilarious. I think I have one of the biggest girl crushes on her. Yeah, um, we love her. She came out with a new song this week called God is a Freak. And I love this song on so many levels. Yeah. I think it's, A, it's just funny. It's catchy. Yeah. But it's also, it raises some good points when you listen to it. Yeah. Just about religion in general. So, I mean, tread with caution. I, I don't judge at all. Mm -hmm. I will say now, I will proclaim it out to the bloomers of the yeah. universe. I am not tied to, like, any religion. I wouldn't say I'm fully atheist. I would say I'm more of just, like, a spiritual person. I don't really believe that there is, like, an all-seeing man up in the clouds <laughs> that is calling the shots. So, I mean, I will leave it at that point. God is a Freak by Peach PRC. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you yeah. listen to your songs. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I I love that song as well. There's a really funny lyric in it that's just saying she's she's gay and she was saying that she was like watching videos of cheerleaders under the covers and she's God's like biggest concern about being gay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's so many other things God could be worrying about, but of course, everyone's told her that being gay is, like, the worst thing in the world. So, it's just, it, it is definitely an overall, like, really funny song. But it's, yeah, yeah, I should leave it there, just with religion and everything. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting take on it. It's hilarious. I would probably group it in the same realm as, um, I'll give you guys another song to listen to about kind of, like, religion Ooh. and just kind of, like, the turmoils of trying to figure it out. The 1975, yeah. I love them to death. Uh, it's called If I Believe You. Mm. Oh, I love that song. Off of their album, You're So Beautiful When You Sleep Because You're So Beautiful Yet So Unaware of It. Mouthful of an album title. Yeah. But incredible song, kind of of the same realm. Highly recommend both of them. Definitely check out God is a Freak by Peach PRC, as well as all of our other songs that are out right now because mm -hmm. they are incredible. <laughs> Nicole, what is your recommendation of the week? My recommendation is another podcast. So Ooh. don't leave us to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, you have to listen to our episodes first before yeah. you go to this one, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an educational podcast, and I think this podcast is really cool to listen to. It's called Hidden Brain, and they dissect a lot of different topics, but based on the science side of it. Mm. So there's one episode, I recommend the entire podcast, but one episode I was listening to recently was called The Halo Effect. And it just dissects how the halo effect can be brought into our lives and how it affects your brain. So I definitely recommend the entire series, but also spe specifically that episode. Yeah, totally. I think uh, we'll link that episode and the Spotify link to God is a Freak in our yeah. description of the podcast this week. So you guys can easily click on it, take a dive into it, and fully get the recommendation that we give you guys. Yeah. But on that note, thank you so much for listening to us dissect our own personalities and listen to us talk about ourselves for two hours if you listen yeah. to both parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening, you guys, to both of them, I think. It's a really cool two-parter. I really enjoyed it. This has been mm -hmm. so fun. So we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next week. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Yes, yeah, so hope you guys have an amazing week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. See you next Tuesday. Bye.